down because of COVID. I really almost hated to go back. Uh, and I'm sorry, podcast listeners, we started kind of after a few sentences because I forgot to turn you on. Um, so, uh, sorry, Chris, because I promised Miss Chris that I would do this. I promised Miss Jenny. I promised a couple of others. Hey, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, Tara. <laughs> so, that was There's your somebody, glass. Yeah. There's someone upstairs. No, somebody's upstairs. Someone's not fell down. down. Uh, is somebody cutting grass? No, um, no, he cut grass yesterday. Mm. Let's try to book our That's the hallway. The mm. to Dad's office. Let me go up and take I think it's I'm going to go It's Wayne or it, yeah, it could be. It, it sorry could for be that Wayne. interruption. Uh, We're curious people. Okay. We're hearing ghosts. <laughs> uh, ghosts are not real. Demons and angels are. Okay, now. Um, okay, love is a quiet, steady decision of the will to care for another person, totally apart from any good quality or ability or desire to respond on the part of the object of love. Feelings of great affection that cause me to give to and do things for another person. So, love is a choice. I want to copy it down for my Bible study. Okay, hold on. Could you stick something in there? Because that's also a part I don't want to lose. There you go, Mr. Fox. (laughs) Mr. Fox is holding my place, yeah. Uh, one of my kids at school made him. Actually, one of Tara's kids. Um, so anyway, First John 4, 8. If you read through that, it basically, at the end of it, tells us that God is love. So who would like to read us First John 4, 8? And we're going to be doing some scripture jumping. Because Aww. there are a lot, a lot of verses in the Bible about love about God's love. So the first thing it tells us that God is? Love. Is love. So can who, who can read us that verse to verify that for me and you're not just believing me because, you know, I'm like Steve. The, I got it. The text could jump around on me. Okay, read it, Renda. <laughs> he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Okay, so, look, the first thing that we know on your, you need... If I were you to keep up with Julie's brain a little bit while we're doing this, it's hot down here, is that is to put God on one side or one piece of paper and you on the other because we're talking about um, remembering who God is and remembering who you are. This all has to do with love. So when you feel unloved, remember... First thing, God is love. First John 4, 8. God is love. Okay? So that's part of his identity. Now, um, you've got my book. <laughs> okay, so let me go to this. Okay, uh, what is your main desire if you think about your main thing, especially when you're feeling unloved. Um, What is man's main desire? 
when life suddenly erupts like a volcano, that's been my past week, insecurity. Told you this ghost. I do feel presence, but I didn't see nobody. I even went all the way to the back to the youth room and looked in every room just in case. I looked on the inside of the bathrooms, didn't go nowhere inside just in case uh, or whatnot. Well, we might have a squirrel. You know, we had a squirrel getting in it. <clears throat> okay, now. Uh, sorry, guys, squirrel. But <laughs> so when life suddenly erupts like a volcano, insecurity turns to panic. Now, none of y'all may have ever had a panic attack, mm -hmm. but I have. Okay. Storm comes around. Okay, storms don't give me panic attacks, but I, I, got can, phobia. I can get overwhelmed. And I shared with you with my mother, you know, she'd give me panic attacks. I had such a bad panic attack one time, you know, I ended up in the floor going, why am I here? Okay, I it wasn't as bad as passing out the other day and hit my head, but, but it was like, why am I here? So, when you're panicking, it's hard to remember that feeling. And, and when I panic, a lot of times I feel unloved. Okay, you may not feel that way, but a lot it's of mine. Like everybody has deserted you. I feel alone. I feel deserted. I feel unloved. Boom! I'm on the floor with a severe panic attack. Doesn't happen real often with me, but it did happen when Mama was so bad. Um, we have several. Steve has a guy at work going through kind of what we went through with Mama going through, and he's been uh, a well of support for him. He's been able to say, "Breathe." You know, <laughs> it's okay. Tell your wife to breathe. And um, so these things are not abnormal, and you're not alone, and you're not alone in these feelings, but at that time you feel alone. Well, we're not alone. Guess what? God is love. So you're remembering who He is. Remembering who He is can help center you. And you got to tell yourself to breathe, too, if you're having a panic attack. If you're having a panic attack out there, breathe. Uh, <laughs> and um, your feelings are going to lie to you. When you're having a panic attack, guess what's happening? Your feelings are lying to you. You're probably panicking over something this big, but it doesn't feel that big at the moment. Okay? It, it feels like it's the size of a house or the size of the whole world. It feels huge at that moment. It feels like it's going to crush you because that's what a panic attack is. All that adrenaline's pumping and you feel like it's going to crush you. You feel like your heart's going to beat out of your chest. You feel like you can't breathe. At least that's what mine is. Um, so one of the things that should help or does help during that time is to know that God is love. Now let's go to God identified man's chief desire, his main desire. And we tend to lie to ourselves about what it is. We tend to think, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, that's what the world tells you. <laughs> All these different things, right? Go to Proverbs 19.22 and in each of my versions, it actually says it a little different. So we're going to go into this a little bit. I don't know how far we're going to get today. This may be one we split into. Uh, Proverbs 19.22, and I would like someone to read Proverbs 19.22. Who would like to read for us? I can. And I don't care which version you got. 
just recourse. The desire of man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Okay, now that's King James, I can tell, because I had to look up some words here. Um, in the new King James, which is what this is, because this is not, it, it still says kindness. In this one, which is HCSB, um, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Am I at the right one? No, that's no, five. That, yeah. Two, two. That's, that's I, I, I marked, well, I had both of them marked. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. 22. Here we are. Uh, what is desirable in a... Is this 1922? Yeah. Okay. What is desirable in a man is his fidelity. Better to be a poor man than a liar. Okay, am I... Did I tell y'all 1922? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Make sure I made the right thing. Okay. So, fidelity is faithfulness or loyalty. Okay, to kindness, it says, and everything that I've looked up here is talking about loving kindness. Loving, you think of <coughs> loving kindness? It is more or less loving kindness. Okay, just because of desire, and desire would lead to that. Well, I, as human beings, we, I started our couples Bible study Thursday, and part of it was talking about how, as human beings, we just desire those intimate relationships because God programmed that, us that way. Yes. We're programmed, no matter how introverted we are, we won't. To be loved. To be loved and have those intimate relationships with our spouse, with our uh, friends, with God. It is something we desire. And we see that in Genesis uh, with Adam realizing that he doesn't have a mate at the beginning and that he's lonely. And God sends the animals to him to harden, uh, like push that into the brain more that, um, that, he, needs. that he needs somebody. We're, we're, what is that that Steve says? Uh, we're social animals. We're so, you know, we need other people. Mm -hmm. Even people that become hermits, the reason they get so strange is because they actually need human contact. They need other people. So they get a little strange after well, a while. And, well, part and of their strange is the fact that they don't know how to interact because of the changes upon what they already know and depending upon how long they've been a hermit, depends upon how long the social orders goes. And when yes. God made Adam and Eve, he charged them to go forth and multiply which means to make more uh, yes so there's more human interaction so you have those yeah. relationships because that's what you need to survive I mean God knows all the mental problems that we're going to enter earth with sin and so in order to deal with those mental problems depression anxiety anger you need people yes and now I don't know what version she used here it says what a man desires is unfailing love better to be poor than a liar so what does this mean why does it keep going back to liar loving kindness when I first looked at it, I was like how does this have to do with unfailing love part of it could do to the fact where some comes for just lustful means and it's only temporary it's like you're there for one thing and one thing only and then you'll never see the person again well I would say you can't have loving kindness without Love, Honesty love, and uh, without okay, with faith, that word, 
<laughs> right there that she's uh, faithful love because I mean kindness comes from God like true kindness true kindness Kind true love true hope all comes from God well kindness is a part of love yeah okay and love is not just love for your husband love for your boyfriend love for a guy love for your mother love for love is also when you show people that don't deserve it kindness like the good samaritan i would say if you look at on the prospect of uh, the poor and the liar a poor man knows that you don't have to have all the money and everything to get what you need because they work their do the stuff their own and where a liar could have all the riches in the world but they're still deceiving themselves above all else what going about well now when I started looking some things up to clarify what I found too was that fidelity is faithfulness or loyalty is its definite meaning so it's strong feelings of support or allegiance so basically we want someone on our side we want that unfailing love we want that love that never fails us we have an innate desire that God has made us with Remember how I've said before that hole, that God-shaped hole? And we fill it with all kind of things. Well, the problem is, is that hole can only be filled with God. It always goes back to that. And we just learned that the Bible literally tells us in his love letter to us that God is love. So what can that hole be filled with? God. But when you fill it with other kinds of love or other things or other people, it, you know, those things fail. Well, those things are not unfailing. Those yeah. things are not perfect. So, therefore, we become dissatisfied well, with a like lot of things. Going to um, my couple's Bible study, we talked about how your marriage can't survive on just you loving each other. God has to be at the forefront of that. And that all your love, everything you do, every breath you breathe, should go back to glorify God like like a perfect triangle God's the head of it and yeah there should be three people in a marriage yeah and yeah. a lot of people forget that a lot of and and that should be in any relationship not just your marriage it should be in your friendship it should be in your relationship with your children um, with your parents God should always be there because um, he's where the love comes from Okay, well, also, she says where the lie comes in in this study, because this is, this is, if I didn't give credit for it, which I think I did at one time, this is a Beth Moore study. But it also ties back into this Beth Moore study, which is Praying God's Word. And she has a whole chapter on this. If this study that we're doing isn't enough and y'all need more, it's there's a whole chapter on it in here. Now, um... It says that we lie to ourselves when we try to meet our needs with things. Mm -hmm. Now, see what the world tells us and what the next generation, what they're finding, and they're still not meeting the need correctly, is that the generations before have tried to meet a lot of their needs with things. The more you have, the happier you'll be. That's not true. Mm -hmm. no, the more you have, the bigger mess you have in your house, actually. The more you want. And the more you have, the more you want, the old saying. Well, now we've got a generation um, that 
they want the little tiny houses, you know, I, I, I told uh, you about my time. Minimalist. And so they want less things, they want more experiences. Well, they're getting a little closer. Well, but what they need to be experiencing is God's love, a relationship with God. It's good to have experiences. It's good to, you know, it's well, nice to go to. What's taught now is self-love. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily loving somebody else. It's self-love. That's what the world's Being teaching. Myself and I. Yeah. yeah. So they want to fill themselves up with these experiences and things. Everybody loves experiences. Some people love riding roller coasters. Not me. Mm -mm. You know, some people love going to Alaska and experiencing living out in the middle of nowhere with nothing and all that stuff. Not me. I like my creature comforts. But, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a minimalistic lifestyle. You know, that's might be the beginning of putting the things away and looking for that that is going to fulfill you. Some people want to fill their life up with Hinduism or this or that. I'm sorry. You have to fill your life up with God or it, it's still meaningless. You're still searching in the wrong direction. That desire for unfailing love, if God is love, which is exactly what our Bible tells us, then you're filling it up with the wrong love. You can't fill it up with love of things. You can't fill it up with love of self. You can't fill it up with love of experiences. You can't even fill it up with love of others. True love and truly being a good Samaritan, like I told the kids in a lesson yesterday, was and is only from God. You can't love other people if you don't have God's love. You know? And that goes back to. <laughs> let's see. <clears throat> that. Um, We'll get to that one in a minute. That goes back to the fact that God's love is an agape love. Okay, His love is a sacrificial love. Now, agape um, is the type of love that a husband is supposed to have for a wife, yes. But it's also the type of love that Christ has for the church. It's the type of love God has for us. His picture of love that He showed us was Jesus. It was a sacrificial kind of love. He sacrificed his son for us. Jesus sacrificed himself for us, not just the people 2,000 years ago. So this hole we keep trying to fill up is already there. So when we feel unloved, yeah, we've heard this over and over, and we kind of put it to the back of our mind, but we forget who we are, you, and you need to write this down, Isaiah 43.4, okay, and I need someone to read Isaiah 43.4, I warned you, we're going to be skipping around in the scriptures, because there are tons of scriptures about love, and God's love, and who we are to love, and who we're not to love. Well, that's because the Bible is a love, letter, a love letter from God to us. Yeah, so it makes sense. There'd be a lot of verses about love. But remember, love is a choice. It's not just something you feel. We, This whole generation, even our, our generation, Kim, related to love is a feeling. 
and the newer generations relate to love is sex. Sorry, that's not it either. <laughs> that's, so unsatisfying, unfulfilling. Yeah, and so this is why everybody's so mixed up and why, you know. Okay, Isaiah 43, 4. Who would like to read it to? And your spoils shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar, as running to and fro of lo locusts shall he run upon them. Is that 43, 4? 43, 43. Oh, 43? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, okay, that's not yeah, what my that's King James not, said. I know you like, got King James, but that's not what my King James said. 34, 3? 43, 4. That verse, wrong chapter. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? Yes. Since thou waste precious in my sight, thou have been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Okay. Now here, you also got to know who God is talking to. Okay, here in Isaiah, God is talking about Israel. Okay, he is talking about Israel. But you know, Israel's his children. But we are also his adopted children. Now, you think about that. You know, all these children that Linda and I teach, do we really love them any less than if they were our own? Sometimes we want to give them back. <laughs> Go, home the door. Go home to mama. You know, but no. Now, we do, we do love them. Or we wouldn't have done what we have done for years and years and years, raising generations and teaching them and trying to get in their head how they're supposed to act. <laughs> we, um, the same goes for your, your children that you've had. You love them. Now, does it matter if you adopted them or does it matter if you had them? No. So it makes sense by reason of if we are that way as human beings makes sense logically that if God would sacrifice his own son yeah if he would sacrifice other things for Israel he sacrificed his son for us so guess what you are you're precious so under you write precious you're precious to who to God okay um, he right here what did he did he not say in that verse? I love you. Okay, he was talking to Israel. Yeah, I have loved thee. But there are other verses where he talks about loving us. Now, this was Israel, so you might want to write, write your little note, Israel. Okay, but what did he give us? What did he sacrifice for us? Part of him, Jesus, Jesus. So Jesus was our sacrifice. Why? What does John 3.16 say? Okay. Write John 3.16 to the side. Jesus sacrificed John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. So guess who he loves? Everybody. You. We're doing you. <laughs> Relate it back to you. You. <coughs> Why did he do this? Loves God. And you can write that. God loves you. <laughs> because, so who are you? 
You are God's beloved daughter. Now, there are days you're not going to feel like God's beloved daughter. But what you need to go back to when you feel you can't see the bottom of somebody's shoes because you're so, uh, it's been such a bad day, <laughs> is, or you're having a panic attack, it's really uncomfortable, is that you are God's beloved daughter. So the basis of this whole thing is that God is love. You are God's beloved daughter. That is who God is. That is your identity. Now, why am I telling you that right now? Because I don't know how far I'm going to get in this lesson, and there's a lot about love. But when we try to fill it up with other things besides the true love, which is God, we get unhappy. We get miserable. We feel unloved. Those other loves fail us. Notice in this version it said unfailing love. God is unfailing. God doesn't make mistakes. Guess what? You're not a mistake. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I've shared with you that uh, the suicide thing, that the demon suicide has, yes, and I do believe he's a demon. Actually, um, I listened to him and he did attack me when I was younger. Well, because I let him in one time, because I listened to him one time, I can still at times, if I get depressed enough, hear him. I've shared that with you, too. Well, different things can depress me, and, and there was a while back that I was having a very, very bad day. Recently, very bad day. But in my spirit, I'm going, this is not of God. This is not me. This is not God's voice. This is not my voice. But it, it was just pressing on me. I literally was having such, such a moment. I was afraid to drive over the bypass. Fear doesn't come from God. But I was afraid to drive over the bypass because, you know, it's got those places you can drop off. And I was feeling that old feeling of my family would be better off without me. The kids at work would be better off without me. Everybody would be better. It was that bad. It was that feeling. And I'm going... This is not God. This is not me. Where is this coming from? So I recognized I was under attack. I recognized, like I said, demons and angels are real. God is real. Ghosts are not. So I'm like, why is this happening? Well, I'd had some things that depressed me a little. But oh my gosh. You can ask Bree. I texted her. I texted Steve because the kids were asleep. <laughs> And I, I let them know, and I texted them on my break, I let them know how I was feeling. I said, pray for me. Pray for me right now. And Steve talked like that was a day where we were all kind of coming under attack for some reason. Well, guess how the devil chose to attack me? Through a door that I thought had was closed. <laughs> okay? And so they stopped and they prayed for me and I got to feeling a little better and it passed. Um, now I also realized I've shared with you that I take anxiety medicine ever since mother because she really set some stuff off. So I had not taken my anxiety medicine that day but one day's worth should not have brought me to that level. Do you understand? My, it's like 10 milligrams. It's very light. That's, this was a demonic attack. Okay, 
Steve had been being attacked. Bree had been being attacked. Trent had been being attacked. Your whole pastor's family had been being attacked. There were some more people in the church at that time, I think, from what y'all said, that, that had shared with Steve. That basically what it was was it was a demonic attack, and it was an attack of depression. And for me, depression always comes with bad thoughts. But this was suicidal thoughts, y'all. That should, is not normal, okay? Not what I was experiencing. So they stopped and they prayed for me. And I got better and it went away. Steve had called me and he said I didn't even sound normal. He called me on my break that, that I didn't even sound like myself, okay? So you could think I'm crazy if you want, whatever you want to think. But it was a demonic attack. He knew how to get to me and he was doing it. And I thought that door was closed. A lot of times those strongholds that we've talked about, those doors you think are closed, because you've let the devil in that way once, or you've let a demon in that way once, you're weak in that area. And you do need to shore it up from time to time. And when you don't, he can sneak in. That's why he's an old sneaky snake. Well, he was sneaking in, okay? Um, and I was forgetting who I was that I was a beloved daughter of God. Sometimes we literally need to say that to ourselves. I am a beloved daughter of God. Get away from me, Deb. God's got this. It's okay that you are having to tell yourself that in a bad moment, okay? I'm gonna sit here and tell you, you know, we're just made from dirt. And sometimes that dirt my dirt, anyway, gets real forgetful. <laughs> and um, that's a moment when I felt unloved. That's a moment when I needed God's unfailing love, His unfailing loyalty. And, I mean, I scared Steve, didn't I? Mm -hmm. It was that bad. Now, this was several months ago. This is not due to Amber. This was several months ago. Um... And what it was due to really was silly. It's something I have no control over. We have no control over other people or how they do or how they react. Um, but the control freak in me was having a hard time. <laughs> now, is our human tendency to stockpile belongings, to want to acquire wealth? Who wouldn't like to be rich? But we lie to ourselves when we say our greatest need is not unfailing love. Our greatest need, if you will face that verse, if you will really look at what loving kindness is, is unfailing love. And 90% of your miserable moments come back to that. Forgetting who God is. Forgetting who you are. Every, everything this week, has been about who God is. Everything this week. When they told me that my Amber might have to go on a bent, that we might lose her, as young as she is, and knowing that Carson needs her, when they told me all this, and they asked me not to post that part on Facebook, that's why I deleted that part. Because uh, some of her family might not know it yet, so they would, when they told me. Um, that was very depressing. That was very heart rendering. But you know what I've held to is that she got saved. And that God knows the plans he has for her. And God knows the plans he has for Carson. 
So whether it's with Amber or something, God knows these plans. So I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to understand why she's going through this right now. I don't have to understand why poor little Carson would have to lose two, two parents if, if that's what happened. But I do understand that she's a miracle right now. So let's keep praying for her to be a miracle. See, unfailing love doesn't explain everything. Unfailing love doesn't cause you not to shed tears. Unfailing love doesn't make life perfect. Because then you'd never learn anything. Think about it. Think about those kids we teach. Would they ever learn anything if they did everything right the first time? Some of them are hard-headed and have to hit that little head after you've told them, don't climb on that. Well, guess what? God's telling us, don't climb on that. And we have to hit our little head because we're hard-headed. <laughs> you know, if he saved us from everything, everything, we would never learn anything. Uh, desire is a deep craving. So in Proverbs 19.22, we have a deep, deep craving. More than food, more than breath in our body for that unfailing love. And that's what causes a lot of our misery. We were created for that, but we don't go back to who God is. We don't go back to the source. Um, but this love should also be healthy and liberating. This should not be, this is God's love. It's perfect. A lot of the loves that we try to fill it with are controlling and limited. And they fail us because... They're unhealthy. Real love, God's love, should be healthy and it should be liberating. It's liberating to me that although I'm concerned about Amber, that God's got this, be it here or be it there. God's got this. That should be liberating to me. And it is. It is. It has helped me. Um because it, it has been a miserable feeling to know I can't help her. Um, it shouldn't be a suffocating love. Have we not all known somebody that had somebody that was just suffocating them with their love? Obsessive. It should, yeah, it should not be obsessive. That's not love, that's suffocating. Um, mercy, mercy is compassion or forgiveness. And I tell you what, God's mercy is compassion and forgiveness when you don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. If we're forgetting who he is, do you think we really deserve his love? If we're truly that forgetful, if we're forgetting at times? No. Did we deserve Jesus dying for us? No. So, loyalty and mercy, that fidelity, that perfect, unfailing love. Um... Truth. Truth is fact. We need to hold to the truth, the fact of God's love. Now, unfailing love, the phrase unfailing love is used 32 times. Now, I don't know what version of the Bible this is, but she says the phrase unfailing love is used 32 times in the Word of God. So that tells me that regardless of the translation, love is used a lot. 
And usually when you're talking about unfailing love, you're talking about God's love because it's the only one that's really unfailing. So how often is that spoken of in the Bible? How many times is God telling us he loves us? Yeah. You know, so, you know, maybe you never get to that point where I was at the other day. Maybe you never have those times. I'm, I'm sorry that I do, but I can't. I'm human. Okay, your, your pastor's wife is human. She has those sometimes. It's been a long time since I felt that way, and I, I honestly didn't know what to do with it the other day. I was scared to drive home because I, I, I literally was scared of what that voice was going to tell me to do. Okay? And so, but I, uh oh, uh -oh. But I know that God is stronger than any demon or any of that. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Our hearts are not healthy until they have been satisfied by the only complete healthy love that exists, the love of God himself. It is... Is Gigi going home with you? Unless you want her to go home with you. Well, I I would really prefer she go home with you today because yeah, when fine. she starts to school, I'll start taking her home more. Um, everybody look up 1 Corinthians 13, 8. <laughs> and we're going to try to make it through. I'm going to try to speed this up. We're not going to get done with this today. Okay. <laughs> Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Okay. So, Charity here is referring to love. And we know in 1 Corinthians 4 through 8, it tells us all these different things that love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Okay, right here, you've got to understand that the love it's talking about, because this is an unfailing love, this description of love is God's love. Because human love fails. We mess up. We hurt people's feelings. We step on their toes. And they do ours too. Yeah. But it don't matter on that. No, <laughs> Now, so if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, through the fact that it's God's love, God's kind of love is willing to wait patiently and kindly for others. God's kind of love doesn't get jealous of others because of who they are or what they have. God's kind of love doesn't brag or think it, it's better than others. Now think about it. This all goes back to that verse. So this is plugging in the fact this is thinking. This is plugging in the fact. And this is in my children's Bible. This is in my, my children's Bible, which is a New King James Bible. I thought this was really interesting. And it's put in simple words just to, it, it's, it's not the scripture itself, but it's relating it back to the scripture that this is God's love. Um, God's kind of love is not rude. 
God's kind of love puts other people first, not me. God's kind of love doesn't get angry easily and wants to and want to get even. God doesn't want to get even with you because you're messing up your life. See, a lot of people have trouble coming to God because they think they've messed up so much God wouldn't want them. And they, basically, when it comes down to it, they're afraid of that getting even thing. They're afraid that God is going to take revenge on them and that there are consequences to your sin. But God's not taking revenge on you. God's love does not seek revenge. Um, God's kind of love doesn't keep track of wrong things others do. He doesn't have a checklist up there that says you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you did that. It does not keep track of it. He doesn't have to because it's going to come back on you one way or the other, and it's going to be because of yourself, not what he does to you. Gigi, say omnipotent. I love the way she says omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He knows it all. He doesn't have to make a checklist. But he's not... Give me my loves. I love them, you. I love them, you. What's she wanting? She's just wondering why we're leaving. we got to get Daddy the truck. Yeah, Y'all are down to one car right now, baby. I love you. Bye, sweetheart. I see you, I see you tomorrow. Okay, now... And God's kind of love doesn't look for and think about the bad in others. It looks for and thinks about the good in them. So you know those people that just really get on your nerves and you have a hard time searching for the good? Guess what you're supposed to do? if like you're Because we are to love like God loves. Yeah. Because there are people that get on my nerves. Guess what yeah. you're supposed to do? You're supposed to try to look for the good in them. Doesn't mean you have to like them, okay? <laughs> Try to look for the good in them. Okay. Uh, God's kind of love protects and defends others. God's kind of love trusts and has confidence in others. God's kind of love expects good things for others. God's kind of love keeps on loving without complaining or quitting. Ow, ow, my toes. Okay. God's kind of love never lets down, never stops loving. Boom. Unfailing love. This kind of love is not human. This is God. You see the difference? We mess up in all these areas at one time <laughs> or another, okay? But this is how we are supposed to try to be. Now, God knows we're made from dirt. So... Remember, because he first loved us, we are to love. Okay? So, we're going to stop here, even though we're only halfway through. I'm so sorry, because it's getting longer and longer. Okay, but this is why I wanted to start with the ending. Because I came to this conclusion at the end, and I wanted y'all to see where it's going to understand why. So... Um, take 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and I want you to look at it, and I want you to reduce, I want you to, to think about love, and I want you to make your list.
as you as you think about God, as you go to passages about love or something in your studies this week, because surely I'm not the only one that he's led to this part. I want you to write down more than God is love. I want you to think of God's character here. What you know, the character of His love, of how He loves you. And I want you to go back to this: that you're God's beloved daughter. Okay. And I want you to see and think about when you read this and think about this love, who you are in God. Who are you? Who is Kim in God? Who is Renda in God? Who is Linda in God? Who is Mindy in God? Who is Bree, who just left in God? Who is Julie in God? What is, who is Anne in God? What is your identity in God? We already know that we're God's beloved daughter, but there's a little more to it than that. That's the root, the basis that I want you to get to. So why do I want you to do that? Because I don't know for a fact that none of y'all have those times like I do. Oh. Okay, oh. maybe nobody else suffers from that. Like I know me. Maybe <laughs> nobody else has those days where, oh. you know, the devil is just beating at you, telling you, you don't even need to be here anymore. Oh. And see, that's a lie of the devil. The devil lies to us. Your emotions lie to you. God doesn't. So I want you to really study on that this month. Make you a study on God's love and God and your identity. For some reason during this season, because it was all over my radio, during this study, during everything I picked up this week, it came back down to God's identity and your identity. So study it. <laughs> And start with that verse. Start with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And you can do the whole chapter if you want to. Okay. Dear God, thank you so much for these ladies. Dear God, please forgive me for being so long-winded. One of these days I'll learn how to cut it off. Dear God, thank you for reminding us. We are your beloved daughters. And to hold fast <laughs> to the fact that you love us. And that your picture of love was Jesus. To hold fast no matter what happens with all this COVID. No matter what happens with our nation. No matter what happens with this next generation. Help us to hold fast to that every day. Especially when it's not a good day. Help us to be that light shining for other people when they're having a bad day. That's really hard to do. But help us to do it. Be, help us to be confident in the fact that we are yours. We love you, Lord. Please forgive us for when we aren't those little lights. Please forgive us for when we don't hold fast. We ask all this in the Lord Jesus' name. And everyone, please do your homework. <laughs> we ask this in the Lord Jesus' name. And amen. Do your homework. <laughs> do your homework. I got it. Wow. Now you know why I have four books, two different things. I had the, every song on the way down here was about this. Well, you know it's funny because God has put it on my heart since I did so much memory work in school. Guess what? He wants me to memorize. What? Chapter 13, 13 verses. Really? Chapter, this what it I just decided. And this has been tapped into me for over a month. The what I just decided to you. Well, guess what? God just confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. 
they just confirmed it to you. That was, isn't Jesus. that funny? Isn't that funny? And when you went to that Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 8, 8, I already had it circled for some reason. See, God is trying to tell all of us something. Now study it. Because there's still a reason. We need to get better at love. I don't know. I guess we're going to need it during this season. Oh, my Lord, Don't forget guys. your little fox. Oh, yeah, he was holding my place. Uh, one of my one of the elementary kids was doing that. All right, I need to stop you. You're still recording.